All right, Jabo say good morning. Let us begin to thank our sponsors, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, to thank Naftali and Chavi Tilson from Eretz Yisrael. With a thank you to Naftali's Chavar Benjamin Wolf for introducing him to the Daf Yomi. May Hashem bless us all to finish the Daf Yomi cycle together and celebrate with the Siyum together in Eretz Yisrael. Amen. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for Sivan, Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin. May Hashem continue to protect our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. And may all of our children remain safe, complete their year of learning with a deep connection to the land and Hashem's Torah. All right, to both with that, thank all of our sponsors for their generosity. A little better? Okay, excellent. You could stand up here and hold it, by the way, if you want to. You know, uh... All right, to say good? On a series, not better? Okay, so let's, say, so let's begin. So today's daf, thank you to Abkhaman Akiva for giving yesterday's shir. The beautiful daf ahead of us today, actually some very interesting halacha lamaisa as well. Um, yeah, if we get to it. So let's say, so we are picking up, literally, today's daf is Memtes 49. We are picking up Emir Hashem on the top of Memtes. Nesfei. So let's say, remember again, we dealt with a statement of Rav Sheshes, right? They were asking the Shalif from Rav Sheshes, What's the halacha if you do halacha bismol? Right, if you go ahead and, remember again, in the process of the avodah, the shechita, shechting, kabbalah, the reception of the dam, and then halacha. Now halacha often is not explicitly stated. Often what happens is, kind of in our progression of avodah, we often go shechita, kabbalah, that's what's usually next, zurika. But of course, again, remember, you have to get the blood from the place of the kabbalah to the makam of the zurika, which is the mizbeach. And again, even if you're shechting right by the rings, which you know the rings were right by the Mizbeach, at the end of the day, there's still an area that has to be traversed. That's called Holacha. So Rav Sheshis' was, is what, what is the status? Well, the truth is, it snowballed a little bit. The Shiloh that began was, can you do Holacha with the left hand? Right? Holacha bismo. What's the status of Holacha with the left hand? So the Gemara says, Rav Sheshis, went ahead and quoted from our Mishnah that from the fact that the Kohen Gadol transported on Yom Kippur the Machta in his right hand and the Kaf, the Lidl, with the Ketoros in his left hand shows you that Holocha Bismol is kosher. So the Gemara says, So Gemara quotes the Mishnah. Or Brais, I should say, Zar, non-Kohen, Onin. The both say Onin is a reference to someone in a state of Avelos, but specifically in the period of time between death and burial. Shikr, someone who's intoxicated. Balmum, a blemished Kohen. Bekabala ubaholacho bezrika apostle. If any of these individuals did either Kabala, Holacho, or Zrika, they have invalidated the Avoda. Similarly, Vichin Yoshef, it's interesting. If you do any of the Avodos while sitting, Vichin Smol, or if you do any of the Avodos with your left hand, Apostle, ultimately again apostle. So we'll say Tiyufta. So here you see this is a pretty clear refutation of Rav Sheshis' position that you see over here that doing the Avod, including Holacha with the left hand, is invalid as apostle. I, Bahar of Sheshis, Uda Osva. And I will say, interestingly enough, the Gemara just brought this as a refutation to Rav Sheshis, but interestingly enough, we're going to see that Rav Sheshis himself quoted this refutation. Where did Rav Sheshis quote it? Rav Sheshis la Amore de Rav Because Rav Sheshis said to the Amore Rav Chista, Boy, my name Rav Chista, Holacha, bizarre mahu, what's the halacha for non Kohen does holacha? So Rav Sheshis now we're shifting gears a little bit. This was the Shaila, right? This was the Shaila that ultimately, again, Rav Sheshis asked 
of the Amora of Rav Chisto, right? They asked the Rav Chisto, if a non-coin does holacha, what is the status? So Amr lay, and he responded, Kshira umikra misayani. So he said it's kosher, Rav Chisto said it's kosher, if a zar does holacha, and not only that, I'll bring you a pasik as a proof. What's the pasik? The Gemara calls from Divri HaYomim, V'yishchatu es ha-pesach, so we'll say, so interestingly enough, the drusha from the Pasuk over here is as follows. The way it sounds like from this Pasuk is, Vayishchatu al-Pesach, they shechted the Pesach, and you'll see that they refer to it in just a moment. Vayizriku al-Kohanim yadam, the Kohanim did Zriko, and they took it from their hands, Vayavim afshitim, and the Levim flayed the animals. We'll say, the way the Gemara's rare of Chisus understanding this Pasuk is, Who's doing the shechita over here in this particular pasuk? This is during times of King Yoshio. This is the, the Levim are doing the shechita. Fine, not a problem. Why? Why? Shechita is kshera bizar. That's not a problem. You don't need Levim. Yisrael could do shechita. So the Levim are doing the shechita. Now, it's interesting because in the pasuk, the first time that a coin is mentioned is when? Vayizriku kohanim. The Kohanim did the zrika, Which sounds like what Chista is interpreting the pasuk is... That what? The Levim did the Shrita. What else did the Levim do? What else did they do? The Holacha, right? They took the blood to the Kohanim. And then the Kohanim went ahead and did the Zrika. So we'll say this is a case, ultimately, again, remember, a Levi, vis-a-vis the Avodah, is a Zar. He's a, right? The Zar is any non-Kohen. See, over here, that whole, I'm sorry, Holacha. See, here, that Holacha done by a Zar ultimately is Kasha. This is what Rav Chistor was responding. And if Sheish has raised the cash on this, he said, one second. Zar va'onin v'shikar u'ba'amom b'kabala u'ba'holacha u'bizrika pasal v'cheyoshe v'chein small pasal. But here you have Rav Sheish, it's Rav Osei, the very b'risa that the Gemara quoted to refute the position of Rav Sheish. Rav Sheish was quoting to refute Rav Chista. So remember again, they're asking from Rav Chista, what's the halacha if a zar does holacha? So again, Rav Chista quotes the Pasuk. Rav Chista says it's kasher, a zarka to halacha, and I'll bring you a Pasuk from Devayam to support that assertion. Rav Sheshes then quotes the very b'risa, bless you, that we just quoted on the top of Mem and Aleph. He quotes the first b'risa, and that b'risa says that what? That if a non-coin goes ahead and does halacha, it is possible. Not only that, but that's the very same b'risa that says that what? That if you do halacha the small, if you do halacha with your left hand, that is also invalid. To which the Gemara says, so what's going on over here? Basra deshamei hada osa. Okay, you're right. So we'll say the progression is like this. Rav Sheshes first raised the question, can you do halacha the small? Well, he said you could do halacha the small. Then the Gemara disproves him by quoting the b'risa. Once Rav Sheshes hears the b'risa, he's like, okay. I, I was I was disproved. I, I was wrong. I was I was wrong. And now he uses that very same brisa to go ahead and refute Rav Chista. So I'll say I'll just tell you something amazing. It's such an incredible muster here about you see the ability to admit when one is wrong. Isn't it incredible? I've heard this many times. Gemara Masecha Shabbos says, "Lamad l'shon chalomar eni yodea." A person has to teach his tongue to say. I was wrong. I don't know. I don't know. So the Ben Yoyada says, what do you mean you have to teach your tongue to say? Because the Ben Yoyada says, it's hard to say, I don't know. 
Therefore, you have to literally have to like teach your tongue to, because again, we like to think that we're all knowing. That comes from this fact that we're at Salam Elokim. And the Ribbono Shalom is omniscient, is omnipresent, is omnipotent. He's all of these things. So there's a part of us that likes to think that we're all of these things as well, but we're not. But we're not. So it's difficult to say, I don't know. So I've often thought, if it's difficult to say, I don't know, right? If it's Lama Lashon Chalomar Iniodea, then how difficult is it for us to admit? that we're wrong. Right? In other words, saying I don't know is much easier than saying, and we, we all know this, it's very difficult in life to admit that I was wrong. I mean, not for you to admit that I was wrong. I mean, I mean for each of us to admit that we were wrong. Right? So, so let's say, to, to admit, like if it's Lamad Lashon Chalomar Eni Odea, imagine Lamad Lashon Chalomar Taisi. I made a mistake in here, but say the godless of these kind of Gemaras. It's here you have Rav Sheshis, and again, Rav Sheshis is in print, stating a halacha, then Rav Sheshis was disproven, right? He was disproved. He was showed that it was wrong. And what does he do? He accepts, he's makabal, and he goes on. And he goes on. What, what an incredible Muslim life. Sometimes we get so stuck on trying to prove that we're right, even when we're so clearly wrong, and we dig in, right? We dig in even further. Anything but to admit that I was wrong. And we end up wasting so much time and so much energy trying to perpetuate a falsehood just because I don't want to admit that I was wrong. And if Shishis comes along and says, we're all wrong. We're all wrong at different times in life. Be mekabalit, use it to build yourself stronger and move on in life. I have a of chista krakama. So I'll say, but here's the problem, right? Rav Chista wanted to prove that halacha is kshera bizar based on this pasik from Divri Hayamim. Now, I will say, it's a pretty good proof. In other words, Rav Chista is quoting a Pasuk. So it's true, Rav Sheshis quotes a Braisa, right? And the Braisa is pretty explicit that Halacha Bizar is not good. But Rav Chista quoted a Pasuk. So what do I do with the Pasuk? Right? What do we do with the Pasuk? It's very interesting. This is very interesting. Literally what it means is that the Levim in this situation acted like a platform. It's the a platform, which also means that what? You see, when, when Rav Chista read the Pasek, he thought the Pasek read like this. The Levim shechted, they shechted the Karim Pesach. And then the unwritten part is, the, I'm sorry, the next written part is on the Karim de Dezrika. So the Rav Chista understood it was that the Levim therefore did the Holacha. They brought the blood to the Kohanim for the Zrika, to which the Gemara says, no, what happened is the Kohanim did, this, did the, I'm sorry, the Levim did the Shechita, the Kohanim did the Kabbalah. The Kohanim then gave the blood to the Levim. But what did the Levim do with the blood? They stood still. My Se'itzdeva means like they stood, literally it was a platform. It's like they were a platform. The Levim were the platform. They just stood still until when? Until when? Until some other coin was able to come take the blood, do the Holacha, and subsequently do the Zrika. So in other words, the process was Shechita by Levim, Shechita by Levim, Kabbalah by Kohanim, then the Kohanim would give the blood to the Levi. The Levi would just stand in place. The Levi was a, was a placeholder. Just hold this. Don't move. Don't go anywhere. Just hold it, like Milt was just motioning, maybe also to stir it so that it doesn't congeal. And then another coin came along and did the actual holacha. Beautiful. So we'll say, Bayra Papa. 
So Rabbah comes along and says as follows. So I was saying, by the way, that, that's how we paskin, right? We paskin not like Rav Sheshes, we paskin like this Braisa, that halacha lamaisa, a zar, a nanka'a, an onain, a shikr, balmum, are not allowed to do kabbalah, halacha, and zrika, similarly again with your left hand. You're not allowed to do halacha with your left hand as well. I, what about Yom Kippur? And what's the answer to that? Lo efsha, right? There, there, there's no, again, there, there's no alternative. There, the avoda of the day demands that you act in a way that you would not normally act in the rest of the year. But under normal circumstances, we don't do holacha bismol. Beautiful. So it says the Gemara. Bayrapa, we'll say a fascinating case. Chafan chavera benosin lesov chafnav mahum. So we'll say, so remember again, yesterday's daf, already two days ago, we started with the sugya of chafina. Right? So remember again, let's go through our process once more. So remember again, the Kohen Gadol, Shovel full of Ketoros is coming from where? Beis Avatinas, right? They're bringing it from the Beis Avatinas chamber. The coin's going to go out. They bring out the shovel, right? Remember again, there are two shovels, right? Shovel number one was used for? Coals, right? That's when the coin went up to the, to the Mizbeach. Shovel number two was used to bring a shovel full of Ketoros out of the Beis Avatinas. After the bring the shovel full, the coin Godel would go ahead and take a Chafina. So I, Meshav was telling me, that Rav Kalman Akiva gave you physical demonstrations yesterday. So re- remember, again, he's going in, he's right, he's taking his hands, he's cupping them like this, and he's bringing the kitaras out. That's his chafino. What is he then doing with that? Placing it into the calf, right? He's placing that into the ladle, right? That's the next step over here. Interestingly enough, and then again, and then of course he's bringing it into the, bringing it into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and we're going to discuss what he does with it in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So Rav Papa raises the following Shailah. We'll say, what happens in the following situation? Imagine the following scenario. Let's say Kohen 1 does the Chafina. So right, he, they bring out the shovel full of Ketoros from the base of Atinas, he does the Chafina, and then he pours his Chafina into the hands of the Kohen Gadol. So what's the status of that? Does that work? So again, if another if one coin took the chafina, he did the original handful from the shovel, he then goes ahead and pours it into the coin gadol's hands. Does that work? On one hand, we can say, listen, all we need is a handful from the coin gadol. Do we have a handful from the coin gadol? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want that to work. Or maybe on the flip side, we need that we need the coin gadol to not just hold a handful of kitoros, but what do we need him to do? means what? He must be the one who actively takes that handful from the shovel. So we'll say here the shayla. So do we say what we ultimately need is a handful of kitoros from the coin gadol? Do we have that in this case? Yes. So one, this should be good. Another, no, maybe we need Velakach Vehevi. Maybe what we really need, ultimately, again, is that the Kohen Gadol be the one who actively takes the handful from the shovel. And of course, that's missing over here. So we'll say, what's that? Lacha? Teku. So the Gemara leaves it. Now we'll say, we're going to see, anytime the Gemara kind of leaves these cases as a teku, the way the Rambam Paskins in Hilchos Avodos Yom Kippurim is that Lacha Lamaisi shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. But if you did do it, like, like the Lashon over here is... Say the Lashen, right? The, the Rambam says, um, "Where was this?" Oh, 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 I'm sorry. So the Rambam says, "You know, you shouldn't do it in all of these cases." Uh, well, actually, we'll actually, you know, we'll, I'll leave it because there's going to be a few more cases. But I'll just tell you, he says, "Kalelu safek 
So remember when it says take or it's a suffix if the avoda works. Therefore, you shouldn't offer it up. But if you did offer it up, it works. So for example, in this case, and again, we'll see a few more cases like this. But in this case over here, where the Kohen Godel is not the one who's taking the original Khafino from the, from the shovel, but one Kohen is taking it, placing it into the hands of the Kohen Godel. The Kohen Godel is then placing it into, into the Kaf, into the ladle. Ideally, we don't like this. But if, and therefore, we don't do it. But if you did it and you offer it up, it works. Okay, by Rabbi Yoshua and Levi. We'll say another example. Chafanu Meis, interesting case. What happens if the coin Godel does the Chafina? So we'll see. So remember again, just to understand the case over here. He's doing the Chafina, right? He's going ahead and conducting himself in the right way. So he's taking the handful from the shovel. And then what happens? He and then places it in the ladle, in the calf, and then he dies. And then he dies. So so we'll say, so now, okay, so, but there's another coin Godel, right? Because again, the Avodah has to go on. So now we'll say, so what happens? Now the new coin comes along. Can the new coin go ahead and use the Chafina of the previous coin? Right, that's the Shaila. Chafanu meis, ma'u sheikhanis achar b'chafina so. So Rabbi Chanina, bo'urei, sheila sarishan, we'll say, this is very interesting. So Rabbi Chanina says, ah, such a good kasha. That was a kasha that was asked even in earlier generations. So I'll say, so just the names here are going to be important. So remember, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is the one who's asking the shaila. Okay, if the coin gadol did the chafina, then he died. Can the new coin gadol use the chafina of the previous one? That's the shaila. Rabbi Chanini hears the kasha and he says, "Oh, what a great kasha! Shelas harishonim." That is a shaila of earlier generations. Now, both say. Now, interesting enough, the Gemara says, Lameimra, to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Kashish. Now, we'll say the way that sounds like over here is Rabbi Chanina is extolling the Shilas of previous generations, which sounds like Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is older than, 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 than Rabbi Chanina. Right? Lameimra, to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Kashish, is that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is older than Rabbi Chanina, that Rabbi Chanina is referring to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi's Kasha. As a shaila of previous generations, Vam Rabbi Yisshaman Levi. We'll say one second, but that doesn't seem to be the case because after all, the Gemara is like this: Am Rabbi Yisshaman Levi hitir Rabbi Rabbi Chanina lishtos shchalayim b'shabes. Yet I will say, watch this: We have Rabbi Yisshaman Levi saying that Rabbi Chanina permitted me to drink shchalayim. We'll say shchalayim is cress juice, juice that's extracted from cress. Right? So the Gemara apparently used to drink this for medicinal purposes. So Rabbi Shem Levi is saying that Rabbi Hanina allowed me to drink. So we'll say, so first of all, already over here you see the fact that Rabbi Shem Levi is asking the Shailat Rabbi Hanina indicates to us who's older, the Pashtos, who's older? Rabbi Hanina. Yet, so you see where the cash is going. Remember, again, Rabbi Hanina hears the Shailat Rabbi Yoshua Levi and he extols it as the great Kasha of previous generations, which seems to indicate that Rabbi Yoshua Levi is older than Rabbi Hanina. Yet, here we're seeing that Rabbi Yoshua Levi is asking his Shailas to Rabbi Hanina, which would seem to indicate that Rabbi Hanina was older than Rabbi Yoshua Levi. So, the Gemara is just going to digress for a moment to discuss the Messias of the Shailah. So, Lishto's Pshita. Of course, you could drink cress juice on Shabbos. After all, this 
Mishnan, Kala Ochlim Adam Ochel Rafua, the Kala Mashkin Shosa. Let's say in general the way it works. Remember again, one is not permitted to engage in medicinal healing and refua on Shabbos, and the reason for that is gzera of schika samemonim. There is a concern that you may come to go ahead and grind up herbs. That's that's the concern. So therefore, I will say. But interestingly enough, when doesn't that concern apply? It doesn't apply ultimately in a situation where you are consuming the food or the drink in a, in a what called normative darachachila. So therefore the Gemara says, of course you could drink cress juice on Shabbos. To which the Gemara says, Ela lishchok v'lishtosh chalayim b'Shabbos. Rather, Rabbi Yishomali was asking Bichanino, is can I go ahead and grind up the cress on Shabbos in order to extract the liquids and drink that on Shabbos. Because remember again, grinding, trino could be one of the lamates molochus, to which the Gemara says, hey chidami, what's the case? If we're talking about a situation of sakana, of danger to one's health, and therefore again the shaylis can I grind up the grass in order to take it from medicinal purposes? If there is sakana, nishra shari, that is surely permitted. And if there is no sakana, mesar asir, then of course what? Of course it is going to be asir. So I say, so what's, what's the metzias? The olam deika sakanto. In reality, there was sakana. The case in question also was that there was sakana. Aye, so why is there a shaila if you could prepare the crest drink? And what Rabbi Yushobanli was asking Rabbi Hanina was the following shaila. Mi masya de nechol alayu shapsa o lo masya. Falo nechol shapsa. So this is very interesting. Rabbi Yushobanli was asking Rabbi Hanina a shaila in crest juice. He wasn't asking him as much as Shailan Hilko Shabbos. And Rabbi Hanina understood that ultimately, again, one could be Mechal Shabbos for Sakana. The Shaila was, does cress juice heal? Does it heal? In other words, if I'm going to be Mechal Shabbos for something, I have to be Mechal Shabbos for something that has a chance at working. But if something doesn't really have a chance of working, I'm not going to be Mechal Shabbos for it. So Rabbi Yashomani was asking Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina, you're a mumcha, you're an expert in refuos. Tell me, does cress juice work for my particular malady that I should go ahead and grind it up on Shabbos in order to make a cress juice drink? To which the Gemara says, Tell me, why was Rabbi Yashobin Levi asking this particular Shabbos Rabbi Hanina? Because Rabbi Hanina was known as an expert in medicine. He wasn't, he was a doctor, he wasn't, I don't know if he was a doctor, he was an expert in medicine. Dom Rabbi Hanina, let's listen to this. So Mark gives an example of Rabbi, Hanin, of Rabbi Hanina's expertise. He says, Dom Rabbi Hanina, me'olam lo sha'alani adam amakas pir de vachaya. So Rabbi Hanina said, literally, no one ever asked me a shayla regarding being bitten by a white mule who lived. Which I will say is another way of saying, there's never been a person who was bitten by a white mule who lived. So in other words, the Gemara is just giving this an example of Rabbi Hanina's acute medical knowledge. One second. Well, people do live, right? We, people get bitten by white mules all the time. And they're fine. So what's going on over here? Amos v'chayos. No, what Rabbi Hanina meant to say is, whenever a person is bitten by a white mule, ultimately, again, they're never fully healed. In other words, I guess that type of bite you could live, but it never fully heals. Gemara says, one second. Uh, actually, people do get healed, right? They, they're actually fine after, uh, after, after getting bitten by a white mule. To which the Gemara says, no, no, Rabbi Hanina was referring to a very specific situation. We're talking about, again, red mules with white-tipped 
feet. So apparently, again, this type of mule, all right, so a very specific situation. So the Gemara is referring over here to Chanina's very specific type of knowledge. Right, so he had a very specific type of knowledge. So this is just demonstrative of that. So therefore, both sides. So again, what's the point of all of this? Right, the point, remember again, the point of all of this was as follows. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi asked the Shailah, right? It was Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Shailah. His Shailah was, if Kohen Gadol did Chafina, right, and then died, and then died, can another, could the replacement Kohen Gadol now use the same Chafina? Rabbi Chanina hears this Shailah, and he says, wow, look at the Shailahs of earlier generations which would seem to indicate to us, based on that statement, that Rabbi Yosho Malevi was older than Rabbi Hanina. Now the Gemara says, here's the only problem with that. We see, we see Rabbi Yosho Malevi asking his Shilas to Rabbi Hanina and extolling Rabbi Hanina as the medical expert, which would seem to put Rabbi Hanina and is older than Rabbi Yosho Malevi. So what's going on over here? To which the Gemara says, What comes out from this whole exchange, I will say, remember again, our sugya right now is not about medicine. So what comes out from this whole exchange over here is that Rabbi Hanina is in fact older than Rabbi Yosho ben Levi. So what's going on? This is what it means to say, So we'll say what Rabbi Hanina meant was as follows, that when Rabbi Yosho ben Levi asked this shayla, Rabbi Hanina was saying, oh, by the way, this is not a new shayla. We've asked this shayla in previous generations as well. So in fact, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi is, was younger than Rabbi Hanina. Rabbi Hanina was older. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi asked the shayla about using the chafina of a deceased coin gadol. And Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi says, oh, you know what? We've asked that shayla before. It's a good kasha. We've, that that shayla has been asked in the base Medrash in earlier generations as well. But I will say, did Rabbi Hanina really have this kasha? Right? Did Rabbi Hanina really entertain the possibility that you could use, that the new Kohen Gadol could use the Khafina of the old, old Kohen Gadol? Rabbi Hanina said, This is going to be our sugin on the days. But let's get a little bit of an introduction to it now because it's quite fascinating. Rabbi Hanina held... The halacha is bepar v'lo b'damol shapar. I'll say, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi, a very important Rashi here. Almost, almost right across in Rashi. Bepar v'lo b'damol shapar. Bezos yavo aron alakodesh bepar. So I'll say, the pasuk in Achremos that goes through the details of the avod of Yom Kippur says as follows. Bezos yavo aron alakodesh. With this, Aaron will come into the Kodesh HaKadosh. And what is he coming in with? Bepar ben bakar lechatos. He's coming in with a par ben bakar for a chatos, the ayol the ola. So listen to this, Rabbi Say, so Rashi says over here, be'inyon. I'm sorry, b'zosi yavo aron alakodesh be'par, v'lo b'damal shapar, but not with the blood of the par. Rabbi Say, what does that mean? She'im shachat paro umeis ena meshamesh taktav nichnas ba'osla dam lifnim elatzarach lahavi par acher v'lishchot. So Rabbi Say, listen to this. Rabbi Chanina is going to hold, and we're going to see, like I said, this sugin its entirety later on. I'll say, but the idea is as follows. What happens if the coin godel shechts the par? And before being able to bring, to offer up the dam inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the coin godel dies. So now you have a replacement coin godel. The replacement coin godel cannot use the dam of the previous coin godel's par. But rather, what does he have to do? He has to shech the new par. That's what it means. When it says, Bezos Yavo Aron Kodesh Bepar, the par means the Kohen Gadol must come in with the par that he shechted. 
but he cannot come in with the dam of the par shechted by the previous coin god. Again, we're going to see that on Amud Beis. Now, finish up that Rashi. The reason why this is important, the Gemara says, the Chayvan the Tzarek Lahavi par Acher Tzarek Lachbon Acher Shchitasal. The boss said, we're going to see that the Chafina. Well, let's let's see in the Gemara. Rabbi Chanina said as follows. That in general, I'll say the halacha is that the Kohen Gadol must go in with the very blood of the par that he shechted. But again, if Kohen Gadol shechted the par and there's the dam, and then Kohen Gadol one dies, first Kohen Gadol dies, replacement Kohen Gadol comes along before the par of, before the dam of the par was offered up in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. Kohen Gadol number two has to do a brand new par. Now watch this, Rabbi Chanina. And Rabbi Hanina says that when is Chafina done? Chafina is only done after the Shechita of the Par. Right? Even if it was done, if Chafina was done before the Shechita of the Par, it's, it's a meaningless Chafina. So I will say, now watch this. According to this approach, if you allow, if you allow ultimately again, Chafina after Chafina, right? If you allow ultimately one coin Gadol to go ahead, or one coin to pour the Chafina into the hands of another coin, you end up running into an issue. What's the issue? Take a look at the next Rashi. If you will allow one coin to go ahead and take a handful of kitoras and pour it into another coin's hand, then ultimately you could have a metzias where what? Where the chafina is done before the shchit of the par. In what situation? In this very unique situation where coin gadol one dies, after the Shechita, but before the Zvika of the Dama Par, Kohen Gadol number two then has to go ahead and do a new Par. But if you allow the transfer of the Kitoras from one hand, from one handful to another handful, it could turn out that Allah Chalamaisa, the Chafina is being done before the Shechita of the Par. So I'll say it's just a technicality to show that Rabbi Hanina cannot subscribe to the idea that you could transfer the contents of the Kitoras or you could transfer the Kitoras from one hand to another hand. To which the Gemara is talking about. This is what it means to say. The fact that the kasha was raised. So what the Gemara is just suggesting is the ability to entertain that you could transfer the contents of the Ketoros from one handful to another handful. In other words, from the hands of one coin to another coin would indicate to us that you must also entertain the possibility that the dam of the, of the par from the now deceased coin Gadol could be used by the replacement coin Gadol as well. And according to the approach that said this was a Shail of the Rishonim, my Havi Allah, what is, I will say, what is the bottom line halacha? Right? At the, at the end of the day, right at the end of the day, we had a Shaila. I will say, right, what was the Shaila? Chafan Chavero Venasan Chavero Mahu. Right? I'm sorry. Chafan Umeis Mahu. I'm sorry. So I will say the Shaila of Rabbi Yoshua and Levi was that if the Kohen Gadol did Chafino and now he died, what's the Shaila? Can we use his handful? Can we use that Chafino or not? 
So we'll say, so it turns out the Gemara says that it would appear based on the conversation of power that that's not really going to be a possibility. But according to the shot that the Gemara asked, Lemaise, is it possible or not? My Havi Allah, Amra Papa, I chofein v'chozer v'chofein, chavir niknas b'chafinoso, doha mekai mechafina. Both say, listen to this. Everything is going to depend on another mechalke. So we'll say, I just want to point out, this particular shayla is going to be dependent on a number of other shaylas, right? Shaila number one is what? That Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi shaila is that Allah Chalamaisa Kohen Gadol does the chafino. He does the chafino. Now he died. So what's the question? Can you go ahead and use that handful for the, for, can the new Kohen Gadol use that handful? That's shaila number one. So now what we're going to see is that shaila is really going to be dependent on a couple of other shaylas. Number one, what is it going to be dependent on? Dam. If the coin Gadol shechted the par and then died, can you use the dam of that par for the avod inside the Kodesh, or the Kodesh HaKadoshim? That's shadow number one. And what is that going to depend on? We're going to see this machlok in some of the days, but that's going to be bezos yava arna la Kodesh bepar. Does par mean par, that Imamish has to do a brand new par? Or does that mean what? Domel shal par. That as long as the dam of the original Kohen Gadol's par is intact, you could use that even though the new Kohen Gadol did not go ahead and shechlet. So that's going to have an implication on this as well. Why? Because Lamaisa, if he has to do a new par, then by definition he automatically has to do a new chafina as well. Why? Again, we'll see this on the days. Why? Because we'll say chafina is done when? Chafina is done after the par. So the moment you'll require a new par is the moment that by definition you'll require a new chafina. That's issue number one. I will say now there's issue number two. Issue number two is ichofein v'chozer v'chofein. So I will say this is very interesting. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi says over here ichofein chozer v'chofein. It's the last short line. Rashi says imifshitalon bayon diiboylan kabe chafinas pnim imtsarich lachzor v'lachbon olo. So I will say. Listen to this, and this is going to be quite fascinating as well. The Kohen Gadol is walking into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, right? Remember, let's go through our process for just a moment, right? Remember, how do we get to Ketores? Shovel comes out of where? Shovelful comes out of where? Beis Avatinas. Kohen Gadol does the Chafina, takes the handful. What does he do with the handful? Put it into the Kaf. What does he do with the Kaf? What does he do with the Kaf? Takes it in which hand? Left hand. He's walking left hand, Kaf. Right, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a lefty. Right, left hand calf, right hand shovel. He walks into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, right? He's holding both of these items. When he gets into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we're going to see this in Machlokes. We know what ultimately has to occur. What has to occur? Ketores gets on the coals. The Shailar I will say is, does the coin Gadol take the contents of the ladle, put it back into his hands, and then put that onto the machta, onto, onto the shovel with the coals? Yeah. Or does he... Ju- oh, okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Have a good day, everyone. Have a good day. Have a good day. Or, or, Greg just solved 2,000 years of machlokas. <laughs> so does he go ahead and, as we're going to see, it's machlokas, does he go ahead and transfer it from the ladle into his hands? And then take the ketores from his hands and put it onto the machta, put it onto the coals? Or does he transfer right from the ladle onto the coals. That's the machlokes, I will say, that the Gemara calls over here, of chosein, chofein, v'chozer v'chofein. So we'll say, now watch this. It says the Gemara, Amra Papa, i chofein, v'chozer v'chofein, chaver nichnas b'chafinoso, dahamak haim chafino. 
listen to this. So the Gemara makes a very interesting distinction over here. The Gemara says, if you hold that in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the coin Gadol takes the Ketoras from the ladle and puts it back into his hands. And then he there's another Khafina. Then he goes ahead and what? Puts it onto the, onto the coals. Then the Gemara suggests there's no problem with using the Khafina of the previous now deceased coin Gadol. Why not? Because I will say, interestingly enough, the new coin Gadol will end up doing a Khafina as well. See, I will say, you hear what the Gemara is saying? Remember, we have a simple Shiloh. Our simple Shiloh was, Kohen Gadol Aleph died. He died after doing the Khafina. So what's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? Can Kohen Gadol base, can Kohen Gadol number two, use the Khafina of the now deceased Kohen Gadol? So the Gemara says, well, it's dependent on the power, not the power. The Gemara says, there's also another issue over here. Here's what we know. Kohen Gadol, right, new Kohen Gadol, Kohen Gadol base, has to do a Khafina. Has to do a Khafina. So the Gemara says, if you hold it in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Kohen Gadol empties the contents of the Kaf into his hands and then places it onto the coals, we're okay letting him use the Khafina of the previous, of the previous, of the now deceased Kohen Gadol. Why? Because at the end of the day now, the new Kohen Gadol will also end up doing a Khafina. But if you hold that the way it works in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is that it goes right from the ladle, right, the Kaf, onto the machta, onto the pan, onto, onto the shovel, onto the coals, then that means, that effectively means that what, Rabbi say That Kohen Gadol number two will never end up what? Doing a chafina. Well, that's not possible. Therefore, again, it would have to be under those circumstances, we would not allow him to use the chafina of the now deceased Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara says, Amrali Ravuna, Amrali Ravuna, Braid Rav Yoshua, Adra Papa, Adraba. I can say just the opposite. If you hold that the Kohen Gadol does another Khafina inside the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in other words, he empties the contents of the Kaf into his hands, then we shouldn't let him use the Khafina of the now deceased Kohen Gadol. We'll say, why not? This is incredible. Because we'll say, here's the problem with using another Kohen Gadol's Khafina, which is no two hands are the same size. So I will say, if he's gonna, if you're gonna tell me that in the Kodesh Hakadoshim there's gonna be now another Chafina, it's impossible. That's what that either that either Kohen Gadol number two is either not gonna be deficient. Or in other words, that when you empty the contents of the Kaf into his hands, I will say the Ketoris in the Kaf was measured by whose hands? By whose hands? Kohen Gadol number one, who's now deceased. So if you're gonna empty that now into the hands of Kohen Gadol number two, one of two things is gonna happen. Either it's going to be deficient, or he's not going to be able to contain everything. But either way, it's not going to work. So the Gemara says just the opposite. If you hold that Allah Chalamaisa in the, in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, you just empty the contents of the ladle, of the kaf, right onto the machta, we're good to go. But if you're going to tell me you're going to have to start emptying the contents of the kaf into the hands of the second coin Gadol, you can't do that, because it's going to be, it, it, we know by definition it's going to be imperfect. To which the Gemara says, But if you hold that, there's no second chafina, but you go and you empty the contents of the kaf right onto the machta, then maybe it should be okay. To which the Gemara says, Because both say, this is a shayla. This is a shayla. And the Gemara will say, we're going to, we've actually seen this already. We'll say, what happens in the Kodesh HaKadosh? We're going to study this sugya. But what happens in the Kodesh HaKadosh? We'll say, it's my focus. Does the Kohen Gadol simply empty the contents of the Kaf 
onto the machta, or does he do another chafina, emptying the contents of the ladle of the kaf into his hands, and then placing from his hands onto the shovel? To which the Gemara says, Tashma, kach haisamidasa. I will say, the, Gemara, the Mishnah said it before, this was the measurement of the ketores. I will say, it was a handful. My love, kishim shemidasa mi bachotz, kach midasa mi bifnim. So I will say, does that not seem to indicate to us that the same way the Kohen Gadol does chafina, Outside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, when he comes to do the actual Ketorah Savoda, he must empty the contents of the Kaf back into his hands as another Khafina. To which he says, Lo, Dilma She'im, Ratsa Lasos Mida Osa. No, maybe it means like this. Maybe it means that if they wanted to make a Kli that was the size of a handful, they could do so, even though we rejected that notion already. Inami, Shaloyos Yachsar Veloyosir. Or the other possibility will say is that you must take an exact handful, no more and no less. So will say now the Gemara is kind of sidetracked by this chofin v'chosir v'chofin. So Tashma, will say the Gemara is going to prove to you what happened in the Kodesh Kodesh. will say this is incredible. Ketzeru Oseh. What would the coin do? So we'll say we're actually going to study this in greater depth as well. But this is really quite fascinating. Ketzeru Oseh. So we'll say. So remember again, this is now describing the process. Inside of the Holy of Holies, inside the Kodesh HaKadosh. So remember again, no one's arguing what happened outside of the Kodesh HaKadosh, right? We all know, we all know. Shovel of Ketoros comes out of Beis Avatinas. Kohen Gadol takes the handful, empties that into the kaf, into the ladle. He walks into the Kodesh HaKadoshim with the machta, the shovel, the fire pan with the coals in his right hand. He walks with the kaf in his left hand. That's how he's walking in. What happens when he gets in? Here we go. He goes ahead and he holds the handle of the calf with the tip of his fingers. Others say with his teeth. Again, we'll get into this. And I will say, what does he do? He manipulates with his, with his fingers until it gets to his hands. So we'll say, Essentially, what we're going to see, and again, we'll see this in greater depth, what the Kohen Gadol essentially does is like this. When he walks into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he walks in holding, holding both of these items in his hand, right? Remember again, the machta, the shovel, which was held in his right hand, has a long handle, right? Remember again, part of, that, part of the reason for that long handle was why? So he could tuck, keep it under his body, under his arm, so literally that he could anchor it according to his body. This way, again, they would give him greater stability in holding onto it. Right, so we'll say, what would happen afterwards? So he would go and hold it against his body. Now the kitaris, of course, is much, is much, is much lighter. Right, so you, you don't need a handle that extends all the way up until your body. It was much lighter. So we'll say, so what would happen? When he would get into the Kodesh Kodesh, essentially the Gemara says is like this. We'll see what he did with the fire pan, but he's effectively putting it down. He's putting it down really between the badim. Actually, we'll see on the floor or between, this, or between the staves. Or there, we'll get to that. But, it, but he's putting down the fire pan. What he then does with the calf of the, with the ladle, with the, with the receptacle the Ktoris is in is, he, he manipulates it till he's holding it in his hand. And essentially, I will say what he does is, he slowly, he slowly pours the contents of the Ktoris, of the calf into his hands. So he slowly manipulates, because remember, you can't drop any of the Ktoris. He slowly goes ahead and tilts the calf until it empties into his hands and ultimately goes ahead and holds it like this. So we'll say, so again, we'll see the actual mechanics of it, but essentially what he's doing over here is, whereas he starts out holding the calf by the handle like this, he slowly moves the calf back to his hands and then gently moves it into his cupped hands 
to achieve the Kitoras like this. And Now what does he do? Then he piles it on the coals. In order that what? In order that the smoke would delay coming out. So the idea over here is he piles the Kitoras on the coals so that it'll take a little bit of time for the Kitoras to burn. So Others say he sprinkles it or he spreads it out on the coals in order that the smoke should come quickly. And this is the hardest avoda in the Mikdash. So the Gemara says, Zohi Vesulo, this is the hardest Avoda. Vaika Malika. Oh, what about Malika? Bose, which was much harder. Vaika Kamitsa or Kamitsa, which was hard as well. Bose, remember again, we learned this before. Kamitsa was hard with what type of mincha? What type of mincha? The mincha machvas or the minchas marcheshes, right? Kamitsa was not so hard with a fine flour mincha. Kamitsa was much harder with the types of minchos that were first baked or fried, then broken up into pieces. You took your three fingerfuls, and then what would happen? By definition, the kamitsa, the pieces would extend outwards, and you had to shave off. You had to shave off the edges of the pieces. So the Gemara's like kamitsa. Ella zohi avoda kasha me avodos kasha sheba mikdash. So I said the idea of the Gemara is saying is you're right. It doesn't mean to say this is the hardest avoda. What it means to say is this was amongst the more difficult avodos in the mikdash. But I will say. What comes out from here? What's the conclusion of the Gemara? Shmamina, chofein v'chozer v'chofein shmamina. The both say what does come out from here, at least if we could resolve one thing, is that the Gemara seems to indicate, like Greg said, that halacha l'maysa, what? We do, in fact, the Kohen Gadol does, in fact, empty the contents of the ladle of the kaf back into his hands inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So Chafina is effectively done twice. It's done the first time in the Kodesh, outside of the Mikdash building, where ultimately he's taking the handful from the shovel full of Kitaras brought out from the base of Atinas, puts it into the Kaf, and then inside of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, he is very gently tilting that Kaf back into his hands, retrieving the, the handful of Kitaras and placing that on the machta, placing that on the fire pan with the coals. How he's placing it on the coals, we see, is subject to machlokas. Is he piling it on the coals? Is he kind of scattering it over the coals? That's a machlokas. But I will say, but at least we know he is pouring it back into his hands. So I will say, what I, want, what I do want to point out is the original Shaila of Rabbi Yeshua and Levi is still here. So I will say, so this original Shaila, Chafan if the Kohen Gadol does Chafina and then he dies, can the second Kohen Gadol go ahead and use that handful? So the Rambam passes, the Gemara doesn't resolve it. So like the previous case as well, the Rambam passes, you should not use that Chafina. So if the Kohen Gadol died, he did Chafina and then he died before being able to offer that Kitores, Kohen Gadol number two should do his own Chafina, should do a second Chafina. What happens if he didn't? He made a mistake. They didn't do a second Hafina, and Kohen Gadol number two ends up using the Hafina of Kohen Gadol number one. What's the halacha? The Rambam says, Nirza. It works. It works. You don't have to do the Avod over again. So you shouldn't use it, but if you used it ex post facto, after the fact, ultimately again it works. Ibailu. What's another interesting case? Shachat umes. Ma'u sheikhanis achabudar. So we'll say now this reference is back to what we just had before. What happens if the Kohen Gadol shechted this par? He shechted the par, and then he died. And then he died. So now you have the dam of the par of the now deceased Kohen Gadol. So can we use that dam 
Or does Queen Gadol number two have to go ahead and shecht another par? So the Gemari says, So this is really a shayla in a pasik. The Torah says, "Bezos Yavo Aron Alakodesh Bepar." Aaron must come. That Kohen Gadol must come into the Kodesh with his par. So I we'll say, what does that mean with his par? Doesn't mean that the same Kohen Gadol comes in with the dam of the par. Also, must be the one who shechted the par. Or do we say no? The Kohen Gadol just needs to come in with the dam of the par, even if what? Even if what? He did not shecht the par. So I we'll say the real shaila is like this. Does the definition of par devolve upon the blood or not? So and the, the nafkamina would be in this kind of case. Kohen Gadol one shechted the par. He has the dam of the par. He died. Kohen Gadol now number two comes on the scene. The dam of that par is still there. Can Kohen Gadol number two use the dam of the par or not? Or must he shecht another par? To which the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Rabbi Chanina Omar bepar Rabbi Chanina will say. No, par means the actual par itself, and it's not just good enough to use the dam of the par. Shabbi Chanina would say, when Kohen Gadol number two comes along, Kohen Gadol number two must use the, must, must shech the brand new par. He cannot go ahead and use the dam of the previous par. So the Gemara says, says, As long as the blood of the par is there and is usable, Koi Gadol number two need not go ahead and shech the brand new par. Why? Because when it says bezos yava arn elakodesh bepar, bepar even means the dam of the par. So as long as the dam is there, even though Koi number two did not shech this par, halachalamaisa we're good to go. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Ami Amar bepar v'lo v'damos shal par. The Gemara is just talking about this. This is this is a machlokis amongst the Rambam as well. So Rabbi Ami says it means the par v'lo v'damos shal par. You need the actual living par. The coin Gadol who enters in with the dam of the par must be the one who shafted the par. Yitzchak says, no, even if you didn't shaft it, as long as you have the dam, it's good enough. So Bosai, essentially, as long as the dam is there, the par is usable. So Rabbi Amri is the kind of Rabbi Yitzchak. Bosai is very interesting. So Bosai, this is carbon Pesach. Remember again, for carbon Pesach, you have to be part of a Chabura. So you have the ability to join the Chabura or to withdraw from the Chabura up until when? <coughs> up until Shrita. Up until Shrita. So the Gemara says, but one second, if it was true that Dam has the same identity as what? As the actual Adam, as the actual carbon. If that's the case, you really should be able to join and to leave a Chabura until when? Until Shrika. Until Zrika, then Esau, if it was true that ultimately, again, the carbon retains its identity, even when it's in the dam form, you should be able to, you should be able to join and to withdraw from a Chabur until Zrika. Shiny Hasam, Dixib Mios Misa, Mihiyuse Dissa. But let's say it's different, because by carbon Pesach it says, Mihios Misa. Then when can you ultimately join or withdraw from a Chabura? When the set is a set. And I both say everyone agrees that says only a cent till when? Toshkita. Toshkita. So the Gemara says, Masiv Marzutra, what about the following Kasha? Ain't Podin, Lobe Ego, Velobe Chai, Velobe Shkutra. I both say this is talking about a Vir Petr Chamor. Firstborn donkey. Firstborn donkey ultimately again can be redeemed. 
But the Gemara says it's only re- you cannot redeem it with an egel, with a calf, velo bechaya with a chaya, velo b'shchuta, and not ultimately with a shechted animal, velo betrefa, not with a trefa animal, velo bekelayim, not with kelayim, velo bekoi. You can't redeem it with a koi. Well, say koi is also a hybrid animal. Ella b'se. Uh, the only thing you could go ahead and redeem a Peter Chamar with is with a Seh. So here's what's interesting. Why can't you... The Shaila is on a Shechuta. If you hold that Halacha Lama Par means Afilo B'damo Shapar, which means that the Par retains its identity even in the blood form, so why should you not be able to redeem a Peter Chamar with a Shechuta? Because even a Shechted animal retains its identity as an animal. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 Shiny house on Peter Chamar is different. Why? The Yalif se se mi Pesach. We make a very interesting. We make Xer Shav of se se between Petah Hamar and Karban Pesach. Just like Karban Pesach, you could only use it's only it only has its identity as a Karban Pesach when when it's living. So too by Petah Hamar, the se you have to use has to be a living se. I if that's the case, then also by Petah Hamar we should say Imal Halon Zachar Tamu Ben Shana. That Karban Pesach it also has to be a male animal, an unblemished animal, and within a year. Afkan Zachar Tamu Ben Shana. So too by Peter Chabar, we should say, you can only use a se that is male, unblemished, and within a year. And in fact, that's not the case. Tamu Lomar, Tifte, Tifte, Riba. Bosa by Peter Chabar, Tifte, Tifte, comes along and says what? Comes along and says that you can even use other animals. E tifta tifta riba afila kulunami. If that's the case, then ultimately, if tifta tifta comes to be marba and tell you that halacha you can go ahead and what? You could use all these other animals for peter for for pidyon peter hamar. Why not go ahead and include all of these other excluded items as well? Imkain se mayahanile. If that's the case, then what does the Torah's mention of se? really help us with. So I will say, we'll stop over here for today, but just understand what we are, what we are, we're, we're focusing on a very fundamental Shiloh. So I'll say, we, we remember again, we're working through all the cases, essentially where the coin Gadol died mid-Avoda, right? So we already established if the coin Gadol did Chafina, right? The coin Gadol did Chafina and then he died. Can another coin Gadol, could the, could the replacing coin Gadol use his Chafina? What's the answer? What's the answer? Ideally not. Ideally not. But, right, I should say differently. The answer is no. The answer is no, right? Because at the end of the, and both say, now the answer makes sense. Why is the answer no? Because since there's going to be a second Chafina in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, we really don't want the second Chafina in the Kodesh HaKadoshim being done with someone else's Chafina. Why? Because by definition, what is that going to be? Imperfect. It's either going to be too much or too little. One thing is sure, it's not going to be exact. So ideally, ideally, we do not use the chafina of the previous coin gadol. The Raman Paskins, ex post facto, if you used it, nirtsa, it works. So it's like kind of working ourselves along. The next shaila of the Gemara was, the Bailu was, halakha if the coin gadol shechs the par, shechs the par, and now he dies. So what do I have? I have the dam of the previous coin gadol's par. Can I use that dam for the blood service? So say, so again, that's going to be a machlokas. What's the machlokas? Here's what we know. Bizos yava arna la kodesh bepar. The coin gadol must go into the kodesh with his par. What's the shaila? Does his par mean the shrit, right? A par that he shechts? Or does his par mean the dam of the par? Is the dam the same thing as the par? That ultimately, again, is a subject of machlokas. So say, will the Merit resolve that in tomorrow's dam? Shkoyach. I want to say just a reminder, tomorrow is a, tomorrow is a Sunday schedule. 
So davening is 7.15. Amir Tzashem, the daf will begin a few minutes before 8 o'clock. Shkoyach.